I feel fucking alive. Still podcast. Let's fucking have it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Slow Horses season three finale next. Oh yes, just, I mean, nothing better than when, you know, series finale is just able to kind of end on a bang, isn't it? Nothing, nothing feels better, and especially when there's a lot of like action scenes and a lot of, uh, a lot of shooting involved, that's just kind of what we're here. So um, yeah guys, we're back again, I'm Jibs, joined by uh, the well-respected journalist, Mr. Chris Connor. How's it going, Chris? Howdy, yeah, I'm good, great to be back. Just look very excited to be talking about this. <laughs> it is. I mean, I think the, we're obviously going to get into it in a minute, but these final two episodes really blow the doors off, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you messaged me like the other day about like how season five was bloody insane. <laughs> and I mean, you watched season yeah. six, like you were literally then, speechless for a couple of minutes, weren't you? So. Five and six, just like an insane pairing of episodes. Yeah. Um, I think I don't think I mentioned it, but like obviously we'll be talking about Slow Horses season five and six today so this is actually these are actually the last two episodes of season three and we'll just be delving into we'll delve into the show delving into exactly what we liked about the finale and obviously where it goes next from here because as you guys have watched we are definitely getting a season four because we did have a trailer at the end so um yeah it should be a fun um, episode and yeah hope you guys enjoy this and uh yeah let's get into it but Go do some house cleaning, got pay some bills. Before we do that, just uh, want to remind you guys to please like, review, subscribe, rate everything, DM us about anything. If you DM us about the podcast, sure, if you want to DM us about something else, do you know what I mean? Not adverse to that. <laughs> Always up for a DM. But um, yeah, we do have a lot of like things um, upcoming. We still have um, For All Mankind. I think we might be covering, well, the Globes came out the other week. And we did cover that as well. And we're going to have some Globes films coming up. So it should be fun. And obviously it's Oscar season, which is, it's kind of like, like the Undertaking meme. I'm literally just like woke it up now because this is like my time to watch all the films that everyone tells me it's good. It's my favourite time of year. Exactly. <laughs> and all the, I mean, if you go on YouTube right now, you've seen all the variety interviews, all the oh, campaigning, yeah. everything, right? So it's truly it's an Oscar up. season. I did watch yeah. May December the other day. Oh yeah? What do you think? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, you didn't like it? No, 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 I liked it. it was, no, 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 I definitely liked it. It was kind of like... Okay. The subject, what it's about. Yeah, and just sort of realised there was like a real thing. So I'm like, oh, right. Because like, I feel like yeah, when you watch think... a film, you end up like trying to do a bit more further research into it. And it's like, yeah. So... Yeah, the, the story it's based on is pretty wild. I think they took quite a lot of like liberty with it yeah. to bring in like Natalie Portman's character. Hollywood magic, the, yeah. The magic. bones of the of the thing between Julianne Moore and is it Charles Melton. Yes. Um, that's pretty true to what really happened, I think. Yeah, crazy. And then Haynes kind of uh, worked his magic with it. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. It's one of my favourites of the year. But thinking about it, yeah, the subject matter is, I think some people didn't know what it was about. They just thought it was this thing with because the poster just has like Julianne Moore. Doesn't say important. The poster doesn't give anything away. But um... no, Charles Melton's not been in much of the promo either, but he's like the one that everyone's coming out of it raving about. Like mm, he's winning some awards already. He could challenge RDJ and Gosling yeah. for that Oscar. We'll see. But um, yeah, guys, we probably will be covering all these films going no, forward because it's um, Oscar season. There's Oscars. 
yes. coming up soon. So yeah, guys, just don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. It's not like one of these like YouTube vlogs at the moment. Um, don't um, also forget to, if you've got any such suggestions, comments or anything, or anything you might feel might help your you know, listening experience, don't forget to drop us a DM, drop us a, men a mention. We're at Popcorn for dinner. I'm at I am Jibs, and it's just, uh, yeah, just reach out. We're always open for a conversation, discussion, arguments, whatever, anything. We're always up for anything. So, yeah, guys, please. Um, obviously, we do appreciate every time you guys listen to us. And, um, yeah, just want to thank you again. So, yeah, let's delve into the episode. Nice. So, Mr. Chris. Mr. Journalist, <laughs> what fucking pair of episodes we just watched, man? I mean, you're coming out fresh from it because you just watched the last episode about a couple of minutes ago. So, like, just give me your intro. Just give me initial thoughts. Just let it all out. I mean, I've obviously read these books as well as I mentioned before, but um, and the book is quite action packed because we have all that stuff that takes place within the vault. I, I don't know it has a name, doesn't it? But um, you know where all the files are stored. Yeah essentially but they basically have two episodes that are just all out action essentially yeah. and i kind of thought oh well all the action's going to be because five is very action-packed i was like well they're not going to keep this running into the next one and then they do mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so it's an episode and a half really of really intense action yeah. and everyone's getting involved you know we've got um obviously river and louisa mainly with um sean and then obviously there's that whole like what feels was it house breaking uh, stuff with with um, Standish and Lamb, and Lamb and Standish, which was like a bit Skyfall. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was. Learned, you know, so like with the traps and yeah. uh, I guess Skyfall more because there's guns and things. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's just clever, and 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 you know, it never got boring, mm -hmm. even though it's constant action because it's cut in between you yeah. know the various storylines. Mm -hmm. So we've got four or four, and then kind of in between all the action, we have um, Taverner and Tierney. Mm -hmm. And those two, that's really cleverly done. The way it kind of has them at the centre and then everything else is kind of happening around them. Absolutely. So you're never sure who's going to come out on top. It's just it's just really cleverly written. Yeah, like, make just some, to like, kind of echo what you're saying, it's three battles, three kind of fights. So you've got, obviously, you've got the big, it was like a, it's funny because when I watched the scene at the vault area, right, it definitely reminded me of um, Gangs of London, a bit less cinematic in that sense. And then you see the um, Sean Donovan character, who's actually the main character, um, Shopper Dirsu in um, Gangs of London. It's like, oh, you see that dynamic there. It's sort of reminded me of COD as well, playing Call of Duty sometimes. Yeah. And, and maybe John Wick as well, a little bit. Yeah, a bit of John Wicky as well. But really like the kind of like the action scenes there. Then you obviously have like the, it's they're like it's like watching a, a sports game. So uh, Tavernier and, <laughs> Tavernier and, um, Dame, Dame Ingrid, in the sense that, like, who's going to come out on top? You know, both watching it. It's kind of like, you know, both people, um, people of both opposing, like, football teams watching it, a game to see who's going to like, come out on top, who's going to score. So there was that dynamic. And they were kind of watching it through the telephones. And I think there was my, my live stream as well. So that was quite, and there was like a, I'm, I always say it in the Popcorn Vanilla podcast. I've said it like a million times now about how the best thing about movie TVs is, putting people putting good actors actresses in a room and letting them act right obviously we appreciate action sequences we appreciate good cgi appreciate good practical effects i mean i watched a couple of mad max 
Fury clips the other day and I was like, what the fuck? But I feel like, I guess the essence of cinema is two people or multiple people in the room talking and that's it. And what's dialogue like? How is the body language? How is the power dynamics, you know, shifting or not shifting? And I just felt like we got that between these two women, as you have to mention, because they're, you know, they did kind of bring it up in their conversation about how two women, first and second desk, head of MI5, who would have thought. And I mean, what did, how did you feel about that conversation, just that entirety? Well, again, I think we might have mentioned this in the last step, but um, Diana, up until episode five, had kind of been kept on, on the fringes. Yes, and yes. then she kind of reveals that she's had involvement in everything. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, when she called cut right into her office in episode two, it was to help him get into the, um, you know, to the basement and just things like that. So she's kind of been suddenly pulling the strings, uh, you know, giving Donovan the information he needs to find the file. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, ah, she doesn't not know anything and she's not, you know. And then so Chris and Scott Thomas is basically saved for these last two episodes. Yeah. So I was thinking, oh, you know, was she busy doing something else? Why hasn't she been in this series that much? Because she's had like a collection of scenes, but you know, compared to her role in the first two seasons, nothing it's been close. A lot no. And then she's obviously probably got one of the most amount of screen time in these last two apps. You know, she's she's everywhere. Um, and her and Sophie is it Sophia Canedo? Yes, they're they're very good. You know, each other. You know, you know, they're two of the UK's finest actresses, Legends, and they've both man. been in a hell of a lot of stuff. But they've got great chemistry, and it's great to see them kind of show their frustration at each other. Hmm. So they've obviously got like mutual respect, but also like you can tell Diana's really envious of the fact she's second desk and not first desk. Yeah. Just, uh, as she says to Lamblay, it's like the first desk position that should have been mine or something. Yeah. I always feel like, um, cause I, just basically the start of that entire scene slash sequence where, um, Ingrid brings with the, brings the two glasses, she kind of holds them in that way. If you're seeing me watching me on video, holds the two glasses with the, I think, was it whiskey that she's drinking straight? Yeah, it was uh, was like an 18-year-old McCallum or something, McCallum. Exactly. Which, are, which they say is really nice. Whenever, like, that's about to happen, I just knew that, like, yeah, I just need to listen to what about, whatever like, they're about to talk about because I know that a real conversation is about to go down. And, um, yeah, I just really liked, just really liked that scene. I really liked the entire setting. They were kind of, like, setting up as well for the big showdown. And it's, you know, if, if they don't come out of the, of the vault alive and, you know, Ingrid has won, Dame Ingrid has won. And if you know that, oh, if they make it alive, then Tavani has won and Ingrid have to resign. And just the entire, the entire setup and how Ingrid is able to sort of suss it out eventually. Then she has that conversation and it's like, what are you talking about? And it's like, don't bullshit me. Then it's like, oh, eventually comes clean. I just, just amazing amazing it's just you know, two people in one room just two of british and um, britain's finest just absolutely kicking man it's just great to see it's the way it's uh kind of spliced into both episodes as well mm-hmm. like it kind of carries over mm-hmm. but obviously like it probably wouldn't have taken long to film it but the way it's kind of incorporated in amongst the action is is really well done yeah it never feels boring like there's constantly like engagement and you're like oh shit because she like tries phoning duffy and she can't get through to him and you kind of never, you're never sure who has the upper hand because obviously for a lot of it, we kind of think River and Louise are in the shit, you know, uh, they're trapped down there mm-hmm. and it doesn't look like there's a way out. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's great, man. And I mean, it kind of, I guess it kind of gives you like the, 
backstory just into why that first scene in Istanbul happened in the first place. So mm -hmm. we come to see that Alison Dunn's character was aimed to expose or to expose the MI5 by leaking some secrets out to the press. And these secrets were these untested, correct me out here, untested items, which basically caused a lot of collateral damage to people around them. So it mentions a, some people, a lot of people injured. I think it was a North Korean, um, ambassador as well, who was injured as well. And just a massive shit show basically. Right. And yeah, it's like a weapons test or something. Yeah. Um, and it was kind of like unauthorized on license and all that. And it wasn't kind of supposed to go through, but it eventually did. So, and I mean, I think Tavernier definitely understands because I feel like they both understand that in this sort of, um, you know, as head of MI5, definitely need to get your hands dirty in order to, you know, for the interest of the British people to, for the safety of the British people. But I feel like it's just, it's just an opportunity, op opportunistic um, sort of play by her, isn't it? Yeah. Um... And it's like, she can't really sit back anymore. And this is a time to like pounce. No, she's obviously like done dodgy stuff herself. Mm -hmm, absolutely, but it's quite funny that she's then calling um, out Ingrid for being like, "You sanctioned this, or you, you know, you killed someone over it." When it's like, you know, we've already seen in the previous series that MI five killed Charles, yeah, who was a, a traitor, and you know that they're not above doing uh, things, you know, that are yeah, even in like or... the first season. Um when there was that oh because she organized the guy's kidnapping yeah absolutely and she tried to pin it on the slow horses when everything went to shit when the when the mole guy who they put in in like the kind of like far right people kind of got his head chopped off i was gonna say blown off but had his head chopped off and that was that yeah tough way to go but yeah just quite um quite a great scene i'd say i guess it kind of leads to the vaults doesn't it yeah, I mean, like all the stuff there is just like insane because there's there's not much acting you can do really there. Like you're just running around and you you know pinned pinned in because you're behind bookcases and behind yeah. doors and all that. Mm -hmm. But it's never like boring. It's always always like engaging. It's because I guess you don't see you know if it was just that and nothing else, I think it would get boring. Mm -hmm. But because the you know Star House is Star House crew is quite big. Um, obviously, like we're only actually spending probably a few minutes uh, with them. Yeah, uh, and so yeah, yeah, it's just, it's just really well done. Um, you can see the show's budget in all these sequences because I think uh, it's definitely some of the best action we've seen it in the show. Mm -hmm. Um, and just on TV in general, like it doesn't feel like a TV budget. You know, it would no. be like a mid feels like a mid budget movie. Um, uh, you know, in terms of the quality of action we're getting, we are getting uh, some really get good action. Yeah. Really good sound mixing stable. as well. Yeah. The sound for the, the you know, gunshots and all the things falling over and stuff is very good. Yeah. Bangs. And it's also trying to like, I guess, because with action is, in and V, you kind of need to advance the plot as well. You kind of need to tell the story, don't you? And mm. it's just that sort of thing with like the, the Douglas character. So kind of like the gatekeeper of the vaults. So there's this scene where they want to eventually break into the vaults. Actually, even before that, it's, when he's sort of um, kind of like in the massive control room with uh, with Carl writing, they're looking outside and like, oh, this is 
you know, the dogs are outside. Well, the dogs and Chieftain are outside because they've been assigned the task to eliminate them, right? But they're looking outside at the, you know, through the actual CCTVs. And it's like, yeah, they are, you know, they're, they're all for us, they're all for us. And River is a bit like, I don't know, I don't know. Let's, I mean, normally they're for us, but like, why will they send this amount of people and send this like massive convoy in the first place? So is eventually kind of, you know, raises his eyes about that then. What happens next? They, you know, shoot the CCTV and it's like, that's a bit weird. That's not supposed to happen. Then I think when he tries to call Marcus and Shirley, they cut off the telephone and then it's kind of like, yeah, we're fucked. We're literally on our own now and we have to basically shoot our ways out of this. But had to pour one out for, for, for Dougie, who when eventually, when he gets captured, he just can't keep his mouth shut, can he? And I mean, you can see how like, innocent he is and how just completely ignorant to everything he is right because it's just like someone caught in the ceasefire and the crossfire of everything and when he gets captured and eventually he's going to go but it's like oh but this is for ingrid and it's like oh when, when i just watched down i was a bit like oh this one why did you just keep him out shut come on and he's just not talking but eventually he has to go and yeah that was pretty that was pretty shit felt a bit sad about it because I mean he's just like quite uh, an innocent character isn't he even like when he was asking whenever I was trying to like secure the actual vault I needed the password from him right but he couldn't figure out the password because it was just so scared and shit and shit out because of like the entire situation and he had to and he like forgot about it then he remembered about you know, a couple of oh, but they'd already felt the, like, yeah, minutes the I was like yeah I mean it was quite for, because you want them to get away. So it was a bit like, oh, come on, now she's remembering now. But at the same time, it was a bit relatable, isn't it? Because who hasn't like forgotten their memories in a high pressure situation, high pressure moments? Especially that high pressure. You know, I mean, when you literally have people come shoot at you. Yeah. Interesting thing about this series is because unlike the last two, it's the first one we've not had like a main member of the Slow Horses die. No. Series one, you had well, Sid, if she's dead, you know? Mm -hmm. Sid, if she's dead, and then a couple others. And then obviously, last series, we had Min. Um, but they kind of hint at a few this one because you're never sure who, if anyone's safe. Like Louisa and Marcus, probably the ones that get closest to yeah. popping it. And it, I guess it kind of leads up to because I was expecting I was expecting one of them to die, mm -hmm. Marcus and Louisa, because like they've just been fired from the slow horses. So you're kind of thinking, oh, maybe this is like a way out of like you know sending them out or something. But I guess it didn't happen at the end of the day. No, I mean, more in the books, like more of the crew do, mm. uh, but they obviously bring in new people. Yeah. So that the it's kind of like a rotating door. There's like a desk that's like just a new person every book or two. Mm -hmm. uh, but like you have the kind of core set we, we're following here, you kind of stay in it. And then they kind of bring in new people who, you know, don't always make it. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't feel cheap that they didn't kill someone. No, not, not really. Like, it doesn't matter much, no. I feel like... Um, I mean, the slow horses did really, I mean, they, they definitely earned their survival, didn't they? Through the action scenes, through the action scenes. And, um, yeah, it was just really, really good action, really, really good shooting. I felt like I kind of mentioned before, I was kind of like playing a video game sometimes and I was playing, I'm not really good at card, but when you're playing cards sometimes, then it's just that sort of, uh, dynamic in that sense of, uh, the way it was shot, but it was still kind of. I mean, there were still some aspects of just moving the plot in the sense of them trying to... Cause actually, if we even go back to, like, episode five, 
because they initially think they're still looking for the gray books in the first place because um, yeah. it was Alison's brother Ben, Sean Donovan, Louisa, and uh, River Cartwright, right? So it's all four of them down in the vault, right? And they're looking because they've just gotten a tip from Standish who, you know, gave them the directions to, you know, what um, to the files that we're looking for, right? Which we initially think is the gray books, but eventually we and Cartwright and Louisa, who are escorting them, then kind of figure out that. Well, they're actually not here for the Grey Books, they're actually here for something else that related to Bales and Dunn's death in the first scene in Istanbul. So everything kind of just all built together and it's, you know, River trying to, um, you know, figuring out that, you know, they're not living here without literally getting through the dogs and Chieftain as well. Plus, um, I think, um, obviously, when Sean Donovan is shot, he literally gives the files to Carrides at the end of, I guess we'll get to like Cartwright's conversation with the just crowned out a bit later on. But it gives the files to Cartwright and it, you know, gives him, you know, you've got the responsibility now of, you know, basically exposing the MI5 and for the corruption and everything like that for what it is. So just really liked how, because I mean, fight scenes are fine, but like if there's no points behind the fight scene, then like, what's the point of the fight scene, if you get what I mean? I mean, sometimes you just want something to look cool, which is fine, which is fair. But obviously, at the end of the day, it has to be telling a story, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think this this does really well. Um, and the sort of interplay between all the characters is, is great. And they've all got a good, you know, chemistry. I mean, they have good actors. Yeah. Like, one of them in every part, which helps. Yeah. I mean, I was watching this film the other day. Um, I, was, I watched Love Actually for the first time. Oh yeah, well, first time, well, wow. first time, yeah, and just the amount of like actors and actresses there, and I was like, holy fuck, this is like a proper stacked cast. I was like, this must have come out like before a lot of these lot were like huge. I think uh, they were all like well known ish, but ish. like Keira Knightley, Knightley and Chiwetelegi for and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think Andrew Lincoln hadn't done Walking Dead no. at that point, um, and a few others. So like, obviously Hugh Grant and stuff were, were massive. That was the big, but one, a lot yeah. of the rest of them were like on the way up. So they were kind of led by, I guess, like Liam Neeson, Anna Britman, and Emma Thompson were all quite big. Yeah. But then people were like more up and coming. Yeah, yeah. I think Grant was, was like the big one, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, Laura Linning was there as well. But uh, I just really like when, I mean, their ensemble cast, you know, Knives Out and everything, right? But when you have like just a TV show or a movie which just captures actors and actresses at the right time, or maybe not at the right time, just let's say like before they all kind of like get really big right and everyone's like literally playing their roles and doing it really well rather than people just trying to steal scenes here and there it's just really good to to witness i'd say i think british people and british tv shows do they do that a lot more in the sense rather than american shows where um you'd watch a show right and you're like i know so you like you see like seven people or seven young actors who are like big before not not big but like who were all in that kind of same tv show before they actually got really big in that sense so i guess there's that but um yeah back to slow horses and shootouts and all that yeah it was just a really really enjoyed that um that that scene in general and it was kind of being shown alongside the standish well, actually, before, before we get to the house, um, there was also Marcus and Shirley as well, because they were part of the, you know, the kind of like the, the vaults sequence. 
was seen because eventually the thing they've been fired kind of like drinking the sorrows away it's like how am i going to to put this to my wife am i going to get my gambling money just you know all the priorities being asked straight away and you know eventually they get the phone call from um river and eventually end up at the vaults and i think they kind of realize straight away that this isn't what they thought it was initially so they eventually engage in the shootout as well and it's a bit weird there because like <laughs> marcus who I think is like this like gambling addict right he is like gambling addict but like john wick as well because there's that scene yeah he's got uh, <laughs> his big boot full of guns big, <laughs> big boot full of guns and i i kind of was just watching i was just kind of this is hilarious man and it's like are you a fucking psychopath and it's like yeah he is but it was funny because like right after they showed the guns right out of the boot, they switched to the front mirror, kind of like just to cut to the front mirror where it had like the baby on board sort of scene. And it's just that like contrast between like, yeah, you know, he's like a father, he's like a kid. He's got kids and everything, right? But he's got like freaking machine on machines on everything at the boot because, you know, it always got to be, always got to be ready, man. I don't know what happened, but like, eventually they engage with um the chieftain lot and the dogs as well i guess um you eventually see that marcus is actually re-energized by this shooting like he has this like massive smile to his face shirley's asking if he's crazy but he's like yeah let's bloody have it now let's don't let's all shoot out and everything and it's just really like i just i don't know i just found him extremely funny these last two episodes and he had like the big showdown with Duffy as well, didn't he? Yeah, that was very rewarding because obviously they got beef together, um, which we'd meant they, they had kind of been chatting about throughout the show. Yeah, because it was kind of pale. Yeah, definitely mentioned about like how he had the opportunity to join the dogs, but um, eventually ended up with the slow horses. And, you know, he does that Oberyn Martell sort of thing about like, tell me before I properly finish you, tell me then it was about to cost him. Yeah. Yeah, that's I hate when that happens in movies, man. Where it's like, oh, say say something. I'm just like, just finish him. Call me just cinematic, I guess. And it's also kinda of out of character for Marcus, maybe a bit as well. But I guess he was like in the caught up in the moment yeah, of wanting yeah, to yeah. I guess you know, I'll, I'll allow it. He's a <laughs> he was riding a massive adrenaline high, man. <laughs> he was kind of all in there. But I did like how like I you know, because like they had to properly fist fight. Marcus and Duffy and yeah, because like both of like their guns, all the max, you know, the max, the rounds had like both finished. They literally gave them like an excuse to actually, you know, the plot actually made sense. I'm like, cause like sometimes in some films and TV shows, what happens is one person will have a gun loaded, another person will not have a gun, but they're like, this is not a fair fight. I want to make it a fair fight. So I could beat you fair and square. They'll throw the gun away. And end up like kind of sort of dueling, and it's like uh, maybe not. But yes, really, yeah, really like that scene. But eventually, Razor comes to, the, to save the day, and uh, yeah, there's just a lot of like, and I'm not sure if it's an unintentional comedy, but like just little funny things here and there, in the sense of like, yeah, I think when I was watching episode five more than six, mm. I was thinking like the perfect kind of summary of what the show's about. Because there is still a lot of humour. Yeah. Um, 
Definitely. You know, like the stuff with you mentioned about when they shoot the panel and mm-hmm. then Douglas remembers the code. Yeah. But even like even like the quips, they constant they're all constantly quipping and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um like about Louisa already using the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're trying to save your life, would you actually like care who gets to shoot, you know? Honestly. Um, and it's it's about like saving face and show that they can do the job and stuff. Yeah, it's just all of that, you know. Was it's there just a, like, genuinely we're being shot at that someone said, Well, I'll shoot them back or something, or never get off something else. Yeah. Yeah, no, that stuff's funny. And then it just kind of makes it more enjoyable in a sense. Like I feel some shows or films would have just been really depressing. Um having like it still be quite lighthearted. Yeah. Even though there's a lot at stake, kind of just makes the show stand out, I think. I mean I mean the person could work sometimes. Um, but I feel like I don't know, I did have a lot of fun watching this. There was one part in um worked when Cartwright and Louisa were like sort of climbing up the little ladder. So they climb up the open like up the little um sort of um trapdoor door thing at the top and they all like they open a little bit and it's all like bullets being pelleted at them and it's like, oh shit, down, 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 down. And it tries to go back down. <laughs> And it's like, like oh, back up. let's go back up. Then, then the one part I really found funny is like, we're well, going to get up again, right? So the people, um, the dogs were coming to them, right? About to literally come to the ladder. Then Cartwright shot at them because it was kind of all the way down, um, up. So he shot down at them. Then his rounds finished. So the dog tried to engage again, but Cartwright threw his gun and he hit his hand and he broke his finger and he's like, Oh man, he's broken my finger. Oh yeah, it's the line. He's like, ah, I think he broke my finger. <laughs> <laughs> then his um, superior was like, oh, I'm going to go up and shoot him. I'm going to break your other fucking finger. But, <laughs> yeah, it broke. I guess he broke a lot more than his finger because he ran into a grenade, didn't he? <laughs> so I don't know, just little scenes like that. Just <laughs> I think the one, it's all, yeah. when he broke his finger and I was like, this is really, really funny. I do. Had to watch a couple of times rewind it back but uh yeah i feel like once that um because that scene as i mentioned was being kind of played with two other scenes We've spoken about the ingrid the tavernier sort of western if you want to call it that standoff kind of western kind of chess match slash you know um spectating sort of dynamic then there was like the um, standish sort of plot line with Lamb. I mean, I was going to mention that Lamb wasn't really featured a lot in episode five. Episode five was a lot more of um, kind of like the MI5 bosses plus the vaults as well, especially with like Marcus and. Yeah, and I mean, Sean. Lamb's in episode five, but yeah, they definitely is. give him a big. A bigger role in six. Yeah, he's a lot more um, prominent in six because um, he's trying to, um, <laughs> when he captures or when he finds out where M. Standish is and she's playing Scrabble. That's in five, that's in five isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Opens, it, opens the door. Opens the door, knocks, <laughs> knocks her out. And he's like, mm, I was playing Scrabble. And it's like, you're, you're glad I came to um, rescue you there. I'm like... <laughs> That's, I mean, Scrubble isn't that bad. <laughs> Not that bad of a game. Um, guess we're playing the right people and the uh, right amount of alcohol as well. But um, yeah, I mean, he kind of, as you mentioned early on about the um, 
Skyfall, had Skyfall kind of setting baby traps and everything. How did you feel about that entire scene? Because rather than like, it was, it was a shift in like tone. So it was like kind of home invasion mm-hmm. uh, type, almost like a you know horror type stuff. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was tense. It probably wasn't actually very long. Maybe what five minutes. Um, and they obviously cut between that and the the vault stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just really cleverly done with the with the booby traps and like things they could fall over and cut themselves on, and it shows Lamb in action because you don't really see him like as a, as a Joe. You know, you have to see him behind his desk. So here you see him kind of creeping around and using weapons and things like that, walking through the roof. And it's just clever. It shows they've got you know like intuition and yeah. how like they they haven't really got any chance of winning, but they find a way to make it work using what's in the house. And it also shows how trying to be helpful <laughs> but making <laughs> things worse. Bless you see why it's always um, in the office rather than like on the field. Well, he managed to hack the bus, sure. <laughs> but <laughs> too much good. Yeah, I mean, it was, else. <laughs> it, it was really funny though because, like, I feel like at the start when, um, when Lamb eventually rescues Standish and they're kind of like debriefing, and you see like the SCV come around and it's like, oh, there's a dog's going to be trouble, and it's Hobbs and the other guy who was actually kidnapped. By Sean Donovan and his, oh, and Ben yeah. as well. He's quite cocky about it, and it's like, oh, let's just go snatch Stanish and go home, right? But Hobbs is a bit more like, yeah, I means Jackson Lamb. You've got to be careful. Then he kind of goes tries to go through the door. Then it's like a big booby trap. Then he's kind of being lit on fire. And uh, I just found out. I don't know. I found that quite funny as well. Plus there was Hobbs who slipped on the stairs, and um, I think he slashed his palm. As well, another booby trap that Lambert set. So, just really, really good. Like, um, I was good. I think it was like the cutting was quite good as well. Where it was cut from, like, what did he slip on to what did he kind of slash his palm on? Then showing his reaction as well. Just all necessary cuts, you know, needed to actually advance the story, which is good. And yeah, because Alison's sister eventually. I mean, you did mention how there was the sort of home invasion to horror sort of thing. I did like how it shifted from, well, straight from like good guys, because Stanish wasn't going to live, and Wardrobe as well, to like the bad guys as well, who are like the main sort of characters, or it was we're kind of seen it from their point of view in that sense. But like normally in movie making, when it shifts to, the antagonist and it's their point of view you kind of know that something bad is about to happen to them right but i think for this it was like their point of view but then it shifted to allison's sister who was like hiding somewhere so kind of like oh she might actually be in trouble here she might die and you knew that her brother's about to die so you kind of think that she's going to be like a martyr the entire family but i guess eventually she ends up with the what did she do she choked him out i think she did but she she got shot yeah, she got shot yeah uh, but like through a wall, you know, and I and I think it hit just her shoulder, didn't it, or it kind of grazed. Um, You're literally telling her to like. No, I think it was not painful. It would have been a bit rough killing off the whole of her family. Too depressing. Um, so I guess because Ben and um, Alison had already died, so having her stick around. I mean, she doesn't come back in the books later on or anything. But obviously, if Joe wants to bring her back, they can. Um. But like, there's such a large ensemble in this show anyway, and it keeps getting bigger that you don't want too many returning characters to 
<laughs> no, I mean, I feel like, uh, yeah, maybe they could like bring her back for like, oh, I know. Well, it's like maybe they've got like a problem with like someone opposing like uh, Riddin or something. And it's like, we need a piece of information. It's like, I know where I mean, the one person I could get this from. And it's just like her in a little flat or something, given them the, you know, file that they need or something. And it's like, yeah, the um, decision to kill off like Hobbs and Duffy is interesting because obviously they've both been in it since series one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, They're probably like, you know, two long standing characters. That you might have expected to make it out. That's what I thought. Yeah, and, uh, neither of them do. So, but they've obviously both had bigger roles in this season as well. Like they've been in basically every episode of, the, of this season. Yeah, um, they've definitely given them a bigger role um, since it, than you know than in the first two. So maybe they've kind of been setting them up to to go out with a bigger role. Makes sense. Yeah, I was expecting. I thought Hobbs would have gone, but I wasn't expecting Duffy to go. So I thought Duffy'd be like. Cartwright and Lamb's sort of main antagonist, if that makes any sense. Where it's like, he's always like their, fo- not antagonist, sorry, like their foil. So we're trying to try and get things done, but like Duffy's always in the way about like, it's you again, you little shit, kind of mm. that sort of story. But I guess now I feel like what happened now, they might, you know, introduce like a bigger, badder head of dogs or something, which I guess will be interesting to see sort of character they bring in now but um yeah there's uh i guess it oh, <laughs> ends with so when they take out hobbs and the other guy right so um um it's lamb that actually takes out duffy not duffy and um, hobbs because he shoots him to the back of the head and marcus takes yep. out um duffy after well, marcus what? and louise mark louise actually marcus no marcus is actually about to die louise actually takes him out eventually saves his ass so, um, and it, obviously they kind of recall the fact that Marcus saved Louisa in season two. And it's like, yeah, oh, well, even now, now even type thing, yeah. I was going to ask you, like, the diamond hasn't come up again? Uh, no, I don't think so. And again, I don't think that's, it's not a thing in the later books. So I actually don't know if it's something they added in for the show. Right. Um, so I thought that might be like a... It, may, it might be something they bring up, but like with yeah. all the dogs dead now. And Tavana in charge. I don't think it will be a, a big deal for them. Yeah, and I mean, she's probably got like bigger things on her plates because like this massive story has leaked now, isn't it? So I think like one down wouldn't be first on my mind. But yeah, I was going to say because I felt like there might be like a underlying diamond storyline, which might just be kind of flowing through the episodes and through all seasons and everything. It might, it might come back. Who knows? It might. Be, it might do. They might mention it more. Yeah. More Soviet, small KGB agents uh, still hanging about. The scene ends with Ho driving a bus through the house. Oh, so funny. <laughs> and it's like, the insurance didn't cover this because the bus was driven by a fucking idiot. So that's. Uh, <laughs> he was like, it's all right, the insurance will cover it. And he's like, no, because it's a bus and it was done deliberately. <laughs> I wonder why like, fucking idiots. And it's like, oh, the lamb is just. <laughs> cooking or an absolute kicking but it definitely needs to like the end sort of like a scene at the end with lamb and standish um that's mm. something i just love when like british you know older british actors just act and i mean there's the scene with you know why did you well she didn't really ask i don't think lamb asked her directly about like, why did you help her out or think you might have done why why did you help out like 
Sean Donovan and Demlock, right? And she's like, oh, if you heard a story, it'd be a story you would have known. The MI5 don't act like this. And, you know, it's kind of like unlawful. We don't really do this. We're better than this. Then she brings up like an old head of MI5, Charles Partner, who we see was murdered at the end of season one by by Jackson Lamb Cartwright, yeah. and Cartwright's granddad. Because mm-hmm. apparently he was selling secrets to the Soviets. And we don't know, well, Standish doesn't know this until, well, she knows half of kind of what I just mentioned, because Lamb literally tells her like, oh, you think Charles was this upstanding guy? You think he was like, you know, this model citizen, this model spy, but he was actually kind of more like me than you think. He was selling secrets to the Soviets, literally discloses everything to start. Well, not everything, most of everything, because it doesn't really talk about how he died. No, he doesn't say I killed him. doesn't say I killed him, but he tells, every, or tells her everything else. And, um, no, but hope it's two two together yeah but because he sees the picture and he's like oh messy yeah <laughs> oh man just adding his two cents in <laughs> into everything yeah, yeah. and yeah just kind of laying out the truth and i feel like i haven't read the books yet you have but <clears throat> she then quits but i guess not to spoil but we do see her in like the season four Previous she stuff. does quit in the in the books um but I, I can't remember if it's she quits here or in a later book right. she like quits for a book or two but she still like is mentioned and she's still a character in it and then she comes back so uh, they might do something similar where she's like left and then she comes back yeah or maybe like kind of go to her and it's like you need to stand i think back. her reason for quitting in the book was because of the kidnapping right okay not not because of um like her and well, she's traumatized up. by her or something I think so, yeah. Oh, wow, that's crazy. But yeah, there was like that scene, and it definitely mirrored the scene with Kara and his granddad. And it's worth mentioning that it also has like another um, Alzheimer's moment where it talks about the agent in Istanbul, then he actually says Morocco, then Kara writes, corrects him, and he's like, no, I said, so. so I guess that's something to watch out for. But that is a big, big, big plot point in the next book right uh, <laughs> they 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 kind of hinted that in the trailer yeah a little bit yeah yeah um i w- would bear that in mind and i think that's why they brought it forward because yeah. it's not a plot in, in this book but it's quite sudden in book four because initially um, and it, like you're watching well you watch the scene where he's at the club and it's like why is this scene here then you've seen it again now where he's forgotten the exact location about you know what they're talking about confused morocco yeah. for istanbul and it's like oh, oh. and so like, oh, right you definitely know that's going to be like a bigger um kind of story plot points going forward but i mean yeah. his ideological um kind of explanation for the secret services you need to get your hand dirty you need to literally do the dirt because you know you're, you always need to protect uh, kind of the british public the british people by all means necessary that's kind of like his mantra by all means necessary and Cartwrights is a bit more um, upstanding about the entire thing, about how you know always always have to act in a fair manner, and you always need to play by the rules, and that's kind of what we are as the secret service, as the MI five. How did you feel about those two conversations happening? Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting how little his granddad's been in this series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
much part in especially series one and um he had you know fairly big he's only really had like two or three scenes in the whole of season three yeah i'm guessing because they're gonna oh he's been doing the crown i guess isn't he he's prince philip in the crown um so i'm guessing filming of, filming of the crown might have clashed with filming of this right um but I think they'll give him a bigger role in, in Series 4. Um, but yeah, I think it's interesting to show the generational split mm-hmm. and how like ideology evolves, because River's kind of like quite selfless. Yeah. Um, and Cartwright, you know, elder, you think it has been, but obviously he's got like kind of selfish streak to him um, where he, he would maybe have killed his own if it meant saving face, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting, kind of the defence or, you know, opposition to, to what was in the file. Yeah. Um, I mean, Cartwright's granddad eventually throws into the flame, doesn't he? Danny Cartwright eventually throws it to the flame, saying that, you know, by all means necessary, that's kind of how we have to play, and that's how things have to be done eventually to basically get things done. I mean, the end justifies the means. And, you know, you're assuming that there isn't any, well, that's the only copy, but. I think we eventually follow Cartwright to his car and see that he's actually made a copy. But the other thing, I'm kind of like abiding to Sean Donovan about getting the entire file released, which they eventually do, and leads to um, Ingrid resigning, because we see that conversation with um, Lamb and Tavernier, you know, with his ice cream. <laughs> I know that was a great um, uh, sequence with those two. Mm-hmm. They're annoyed that that bench is gone, I think, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And the bench is gone, and then they go for an ice cream, which is which is great. Because kind of um, because she stands him up, doesn't she? Early on in the season, when Lamb wants to meet her at the park, but she doesn't show up, so he's a bit annoyed by that, and it's like you stood me up. Yeah, I mean, they haven't really had any scenes together no. this series because he's obviously he's had a scene with Ingrid where she was trying to hire him to do some bits. Um, so this is like the first scene where um, Jackson and Diana have had a sort of sequence together. Yeah, yeah. And those two are always fantastic together. You know, they've acted together before. Like she was his wife in Darkest Hour, I think. Oh, really? I didn't bother watching yeah. that. I'm just tired no, of the bloody um, Churchill. Yeah, but she—they're both in that, and they're both you know similar age, and mm-hmm. they're both like you know been around forever. So I saw her yeah. in um, death at a funeral. Oh, she in that? Yes, she was. A lot of people. I think Matthew McFadden was in that. Peter Dinklage yeah, yeah, yeah. was in that. Yours uh, was in it as well, wasn't she? Yeah, Dinklage was in that. He was like a Irish guy who had an affair with the guy who actually <laughs> who died. Funny, fun, one of the funny British dark comedy films. I've never seen it. She was in, um, she's in the first Mission Impossible as well. Oh, really? Yeah, she's in it like she gets killed quite near the start, but she's oh, no. one of the main to start off with, and then she's so maybe that's why they cast her in this as well. It's like a throwback to that. Maybe, maybe. She's she just pops up and stuff, you know. She's always killing in. it, yeah. She's always in things. Is she like more of a theatre? I, uh, but it's not like all yeah. British actors, aren't they? She's all. done quite a lot of like French acting as well. Really? Um, Do you speak French? Yeah, she's fluent in French. And then I think she's done a decent amount of stage and TV as well. So oh, she's, she's, done a, she's done a lot, a lot of stuff. Okay. She's always busy, man. Always, always busy. But um, 
yeah, that was, uh, I guess that's the, that's the episode, isn't it? That's this finale. We, we predicted, I mean, we were messaging after episode five and we thought, you know, it's going to be a big bang and there was a big bang, wasn't there? Yeah, it was a boom. What Oppenheimer, that was a boom. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, the fact that episode five was so strong and they were able to match that quality for episode six and maybe even mm-hmm. one, of, I don't know which one's better, but um, as like a two, two-part thing, it's very good. Yeah, I felt like episode five was, I preferred episode five to six, I think. In my opinion, I think yeah. episode five I mean, is like my favorite. Minute, they're both really good. They're both really good. I've, I've, I don't know. I feel like there's nothing, but I don't know. I just really like when people are able to like figure out like a massive, con- not cons- like massive conspiracy, like a massive plan against them. And I really liked when um, Tierney, Dame Ingrid Tierney was able to figure that out. And she had the conversation with the whiskey and the glasses. Yeah. Just like, oh, you're trying it's to. It's a little bit, isn't it? I really just like all of that, man. People are able to figure out stuff. But yeah, man, that's uh, that's Slow Horses season three. Um, really good season. It was a lot more um, politics and uh, kind of more of an in, internal affairs kind of episode, um, season, wasn't it? Compared to, um, obviously, the first season was a lot more um, politics as well, but far right, um, BS. Um, second season was obviously like the Soviets and the KGFs and now it's more of, you know, the MI5 against the MI5 and conspiracies and internal flares and grey books, you know, with the, so our grey books, those were like the red herring, weren't they? They were, yeah, yeah. We, we were talking about obviously about this in the last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were. I mean, going, what you were just saying there, the tone of each series is quite different. So obviously like the tone of the show as a whole. Is, is the same, but like yeah. the I guess the antagonists or like the theme of each series is, is different. So you've got this kind of uh, Islamophobia and far right element in series one, which they updated quite cleverly from um, the book. I think it was like Al Qaeda, and then they made it like right. Was like, it written like, about ages ago? They, yeah, the book came out in twenty ten. Oh, so, but they, but they obviously set the show in the present day. So like they a lot of the things that might reference something you know. They, they kind of they won't be talking about Bin Laden well Bin Laden anymore as a threat though would they no so because um, Bin Laden died obviously just after that mm-hmm. and then it was ISIS or um, but yeah and then series 2 is the Russians mm-hmm. the sleeper sort of sleeper cell they've got and then this season it was like the sort of rogue you know well MF5 themselves are really the bad guys of this season aren't they yeah yeah exactly Which Gordon isn't really actually a bad guy yeah well Tierney's like the- supposed Tierney's actually not a really good person like when you think about how all those people died because she just didn't want to give up power. Well, yeah. So, it's, um, guys from MI Five and the, the, you know, and the and the um, Tiger Team and the Tiger Team so chieftain dogs. What, yeah, twenty people died. I think they said up I to like they say, twenty. Yeah, eighteen twenty. They say I think between fifteen and twenty. Yeah. So, yeah, Tiger Team plus spiders. Death is kind of on her as well. Yeah. Yeah. Another people who died throughout the course of the show. Crazy man. And, um, Allison. So yeah, she's not a nice person. No, but I guess you just and, have to be um, that ruthless if you're in that. There are some uh, some even more um, uh, interesting plot developments uh, later on. You know, they, they they go for some 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 more directions. Is Judd still about, or is he? Because he's, he's not. Home, 
you because she says like um i'm gonna meet the new home secretary yeah yeah like he like goes into like the public sector later on in the books and he's still like involved in pulling the strings that's what i was gonna say so like I, are we gonna see more I, of him because he kind of disappears halfway through this series yeah 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 but love has a pops up in episodes maybe two three and four yeah and then goes missing uh and i think they will he'll still still be around and the guy like him, uh is it Dom- not dominic west Dom- uh Samuel West. Yeah. I think the guy's name, yeah, he's good. So I'd be up for seeing, seeing, seeing more of him. Tom Quest he's is perfect, the, like, the wire, isn't he? Like, slimy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just really good. And and the the sort of little teaser we got for season four looks great. And we obviously got a massive cast, new cast member, uh Hugo Weaving from uh, Lord of the Rings yes. and The Matrix. Yeah, it was Red Hugo Sp- Weaving, yeah. He was, he's supposed he to be an American, American, isn't he? Yeah, but I mean, I thought he was from New Zealand for years, but apparently he's from the UK. So I'm, I'm guessing I thought he was from New Zealand purely because of Lord of the Rings. Is he not New Zealand? Um, I thought it was New Z- he's not from New Zealand. No, he's British. British, apparently. Or maybe he was raised in... Uh, in uh... Oh, Samara is his niece. That's cool. Oh, I know he was born in, in Nigeria. Yeah, he's born in, in Nigeria. Uh, he lives in the UK. I don't name him back to Australia. Okay, so he's British, but um, Australian. Spent a lot of time in Australia, which explains why he acts in a lot of Australian things, like the Bee Gees, and probably explains why his accent's good as well. Because mm-hmm. he's had a bit of moving bit around. Of both, yeah. Australian. Yeah, the Bee Gees. They moved to spend a lot of their childhood in Australia. Yeah, and they well, came the, back. yeah. They've been born here, but grew up in Australia. Queensland is our home. Um, <laughs> get in Australia. Yeah, he's he's a big uh, get. Yeah, yeah. Can we uh, say who he's playing, or should we leave that no, for the viewers to find out? We'll leave that for the viewers to find out. But um, that trailer looked a bit wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to think that there's also another new character who's like a Met police officer who becomes like the new head of the, head of the dogs. Just the woman we oh, see with woman, is that, Oh, is that the head of dogs? I thought she was like yeah, a new... Becomes, no, 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 she becomes the new head of the dogs. Oh, wow. But she kind of, um, Emma something Flint, I think. Uh, yeah, Emma I was like, where do you fit in? Yeah. But it's like, you're not yeah, really yeah, still... Yeah, she's, she's, she's the new head of the dogs. Nobody yeah. still horses, so I mean, I hope they make her like as, even like worse than Duffy. No, she's much nicer. Is she? Oh, no. Well, I mean, the adaptation might be different from the books again. You never know. Yeah, yeah might, might change it. They, they're not. They're not against changing stuff. But I feel like the theme of next season. I think there might be a like, kind of kind of like an Una, Una bomber, Una bomber, bomber, like a bomber, basically, right? Because uh, they talk about a couple of um, bombs being set off. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just you know why. While they've been set off, that's a job to sort of stop all this BS from happening. What's going on? So, guess they'll be fat. And apparently, they've been mentioned, big spoiler, but I think in the trailer it mentions about someone dying. Some of the horses dying. So, Lambus like, yeah, remember my team just died, and that was the last scene from the, from the trailer. So, I think that's an interesting clip to, to include. I'm not going to say anything. Because I've said know what happened. Um, I wouldn't get too attached to anyone for next series. <laughs> it's, it, but it, it's all I can say. Yeah, and if you like, you'd feel like yeah, you learn from like Game of Thrones, and it's like no, we're actually. Still I think t- Game of Thrones, and uh, before that, you had Spooks here mm. that showed you can kill off characters regularly. <laughs> it's good though. Do you feel like yeah, British shows? 
it ups the stakes because so many shows like no one ever dies and you're like oh well there's no jeopardy so even if you get into the most stupid situation you're like well they're going to come out okay that's i mean that's why i have really deep deep just like a contentful you know billions that show never watched it but i know the one you mean yeah yeah so it's like it's entertaining everything right but it's like nothing really like happens no one ever goes to jail it's sort of i've already watched the new season so i might be wrong there but like it's kind of like i'm going to stop you from doing i'm going to put you know i'm going to stop you from shorting this stuff and it's like it stops him but like nothing ever happens after that and it's kind of like where no no I mean, stakes succession, anything succession had stakes because they obviously killed logan roy yeah yeah um which i didn't see happening and they and it's not like the only person who's died in the show either you know like other people have have had things happen to them yeah and it's not even like just like dying should be the ultimate stake but like just consequence to your actions yeah 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 exactly so like, knowing that you could go to jail for doing something wrong or whatever absolutely as a succession there was always this thing about consequences for what you do yeah yeah that, that was why i like it so much i think um but again slow horses has that as well because slow horses itself slow house is a punishment <laughs> in a sense um but like you know there is genuinely risk involved in the work they do mm-hmm. so you know that something could happen like in the first or second episode obviously um sid gets shot on the head not great and that, and that journalist got killed as well didn't he <laughs> like i was annoying yeah he got like thrown friends of a bus didn't he by duffy actually <laughs> yes um, end of the season to prevent any uh from from going on. But yeah, man, that uh that was great. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed the season finale. Um and uh yeah let's uh thanks to obviously thanks a lot guys for um being with us and listening to us review the school T V show for T V. Just keep on supplying us uh bangers. I watched, um, what was that Idris Elba TV show? Um, Hijack? Hijack, Hijacked. yeah, and it's just just a fun watch, honestly. It's I'm not saying that. Uh, any good? Fun, fun, a bit, kind of got a bit uh, at the end, but yeah, just a fun one, I guess. Binged him and not an entire day because I think it was sort of like a weekly thing. <clears throat> and apparently, I don't know what's going on with Severance, so. Oh, Severance, yeah. I don't know. I never get season two at this rate. I saw like Ben Stiller might be like producing some other thing or maybe acting at something else. And it's like. Uh, um, they already started for season two, though. Have they? I thought they took a little strike. Was it like the writer's strike, wasn't they? No, they started, they started filming season two in 2022. Right. That's encouraging to hear, isn't it? And it wrapped in May. So we should get What's season wrapped? two. Uh, and- yeah, yeah, we should get oh, nice. season two anytime. Happy days, man. Uh, I haven't seen series one yet, so I need to get around to that. Yeah, I mean, the way I ended, I'm a bit, I'm, yeah, I, I'm quite intrigued to see how they go about it. All these, like, I'm not like the biggest sci-fi person, but like, all these sci-fi shows, right, after the first season, it's kind of like, wow, like when you kind of all, sh- kind of loses like, it's shock factor, not shock factor, but like, you sort of been thrown into this sort of world and you need to try and figure out what is this, what's the science, what's the technology behind all this. Uh, Silo is, as well. Yeah. I need to get around watching that. That's because I felt like Westworld season one was like one of like the best things I've ever watched in my life, right? Especially like the way it ended. Anthony Hopkins was just absolutely cooking as well. Yeah. All the other I've characters, never... the plot twist, everything made sense. But like 
everything else just went in for season two. Season two was fine, then it just kind of kept him going down and like from fine to meh to bad gets really bad and they eventually got cancelled. So sci-fi shows man, you, you need to kind of step the game up. Yes. Westworld has really let me down. But yeah, man, that's uh it was really good having you, man. Thanks a lot for uh coming through. That's all right. Do you plug your do you want to plug your your website? Plug my socials, yeah. Uh let's have a look. So on Twitter I'm at Chris Connor ninety six. And then I think that's got links to my portfolio and, and everything on there. So yeah. that's kind of the main place you can, you can find me. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram, if you want to get me on there, I'm basically the same at Crisco96 and then underscore. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got a website portfolio and everything. I'm still in the process of kind of refining all that for next year. And then, yeah, kind of... Uh, Happy Christmas to all your listeners as well. Yeah, Merry Christmas. I forgot this will probably come out like either two or three days after Christmas or so. So hope oh, everyone yeah, is so eating some yeah. turkey, drinking some Baileys. I'm about to get some Baileys now, actually. Having some uh, mince pies and uh, having Not a fine. snooze. I had mulled wine. I was like, oh, can't have, can't have enough of that. Actually, by the way. Well, mulled wine's the stuff, isn't it? It's the absolute stuff, man. The dog's bollocks, honestly. But tonight, I guess it'd be Baileys. I got like one of these like ice... So, like, they produce, like, these big ball of um, ice. It's like this, like, you just put water in there, and it's like this big ball. So you have it, like, in a little whiskey glass and have, like, some babies or some sort of, yeah, it's just, I feel like Don drink, drinking out, drinking from one of those. So then we have some babies now. But, yeah, guys, um, thanks a lot for tuning in. Um, we're back with, obviously, like, more episodes. Um, I think we have, like, four Mankind, which is still going on. Are um, you doing Masters, Masters of the Air? I think we are definitely. I'm definitely up to date about everything that's going on the Popcorn Defender podcast, as you can tell. But like, even like, kind of like going through the new year, we do have a lot of um, obviously movies, and yeah, just a lot of things coming up. And I think yeah, just everything. Exciting. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be exciting. Um, thanks a lot, again, Chris, for coming through. Obviously, we'll probably be seeing you again next year for something interesting maybe like a couple of movies I want to talk about that I feel be quite interesting and yeah yeah we've got a lot of award season coming up and I saw a lot of things back at uh, London Film Festival so I'm always happy to chat about those absolutely absolutely but yeah guys thanks a lot and uh, we'll see you next year have happy holidays bye